This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and good morning. Welcome back to another J-Rox Lawn Care and Gardening podcast. So here we are this week on episode number 41 titled Spring Lawn Care and what a week it's been. So I must just say first off, that I have listened back to obviously last week's episode and my voice was a bit worse than what, what I thought. Um, for anyone that maybe tuned in for the first time that week and sort of just been listening along, I do not normally take such long pauses, but what I very much found when I was recording last week is just I could barely breathe. So uh, I was really not used to talking for that long, uh, just me. And yeah, just with how my chest has been and everything else, it was hard to get them words, them sentences out. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode nonetheless. And it is just something back into the normal realms of things. But uh, yeah, there was definitely a bit of struggling on, on the whole voice. I am still actually testing positive this week. So I'm still not out of isolation. So this nice weather that you've all been enjoying. I can see everyone out doing the first proper cuts on clients' loans and, you know, getting things done. A lot of scarifications are happening. And I am just itching to be out there with you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, this week it's been a slow one for me, heavily around the, the my own garden. And like I spoke to you about last week with the whole treatment timetable and stuff like that, thank you very much. There's been about three or four people that's reached out for that, and I've been able to send that across to you. So I hope that is of some help. If you don't understand what I mean, then basically if you listen back into last week's episode, there's a point where I talked about doing my tracking my treatment programs through Excel and it was just simply different columns and I had all the weights added up so as soon as you'd put in four kilogram one loan six kilogram another loan you know at the bottom it would automatically total it up to 10 kilograms so you can see what you need to order in for the season you can see where you're at you could possibly change it a little bit and track stock if you know if you're a bit of a wizard on the whole Excel Google Sheets but for myself it, it's been very much um, just just for me to keep track because what I find at this sort of time of year is just when it's all go, it's very easy. And I've done it a little bit last year where I just stored stuff in my head and thought that will be fine. And then it would get, I don't know, a couple of days before I was going to visit somewhere and I would actually get the customer get in touch with me and just being like, oh, I haven't had any confirmation of this day. Are you still coming in two days? You know, and I'd be like, oh yeah, sorry. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll get get past, get back to them. And it was just a little bit of poor planning on my part where you just get so busy. I mean, 
considering I'm part-time, you know, I've had four people and we are currently at the time of recording here on a Wednesday. So I've had four people between yesterday, so the Tuesday and this morning get in touch, ringing me or emailing me about offering either treatments or services or um, taking on new uh, gardens for full maintenance, that sort of thing. So it's getting busy already. And this is what I was, I've actually been saying in the DMs. And I don't want to run down this route too much, so bear with me here. But I just feel like I've got a lot to say this week on it. That it just seems every time the sun comes out, it clicks to someone. And, you know, they're all of a sudden Googling and trying to get in touch with someone. So if you are in a bit of despair whether am I going to fill my diary and stuff, just trust me, it will come. As long as you're marketing correctly, like I say in them early episodes, you're on things like Google My Business and you've got your own Facebook page, you know, you're around enough places where if people type in lawn care near me or grass cutting near me, gardening near me, on Google, whatever it might be, then you will flag up. So that's a really main thing about having yourself not only on Google, but attaching your location to it. Um, a funny thing with this, actually, I was having a conversation with a couple of the guys and we were actually speaking about how they've taken their location off. And I never thought about this before. Um, and they'd taken the location off because if they'd had a bit of a, a certain type of client or just whatever it might have been, then they were actually having people come to their houses or place of work and being like, you know, asking questions or bugging them, I suppose. So maybe that's one to be a bit, a bit aware of that. You know, then your location is out there to the world. But what it does help on and what it's actually meant for is that when someone does type in Gordon and Yami and they live, in my case, you know, a little town called Forest, okay, and I'm within a five-mile radius of that. So if they type it in on their computers in Forest, I will ping up to them because, I, you know, I'm registered on Google Maps is that's my place of work. And that's how it works. So, and that's how it goes through. So, if you are a bit worried, do not worry too much because it will come across. If you have got any questions, then, I mean, you can message me, but please flick back through these other episodes because I do go into it a lot more detail on how to market correctly and how to get your business out there. But, um, yeah, spring it is absolutely here. We've obviously, since last week, now hit our first day of actual spring, whatever date that landed on. I think it was the 20 was it yesterday i think it was the first day of spring what would have been the tuesday the 22nd and it feels it it really does and it's just got me buzzing for this year ahead so a lot of big things to look forward to hopefully you know no changes massively from myself but hopefully the content i'm getting a grips with it now it's taken a good 18 month but the youtube and the podcast especially that you know i don't think i've missed a week like a planned week since i've started you know and that's a lot of uh consistency to come up with the content record it and actually push it out there and it not just be me rambling on so hopefully the consistency is going to be there for you the whole year whether you dip in and out the podcast but what i do really appreciate is you that are leaving the reviews and you're sharing it with your friends and on spotify if you're subscribing same as on itunes and then it actually flags up to show that a new episode's been dropped but what that does is it allows itunes spotify google all these platforms to go, oh, hold on a minute, people's enjoying this, they're downloading episodes, they're, they're subscribing to it, and then it pushes me to wider audiences and pushes me up the charts a little bit, so it, that is really appreciated, and it's the single best thing you can do if you want to, you know, say thank you to me, quite quite honestly, is just by leaving me a simple review, um, even if it's with no words and it's just a star rating on iTunes, so thank you very much to those that have already done it and to those that may listen at this and 
go do it uh, after the podcast. But I've got one new uh, review through, actually, and it's from Smith24976. I'm pretty sure I know what Smith this is, but he's rated at a five-star rating. Great listen. Such great listen week in, week out. It's something that has been needed for a while. Keep them going, Jay. And then loads of clap emojis. So thank you very much, Smithy, mate. I do appreciate that. And hopefully people will continue to enjoy it because that is what it's about. So this week then we're talking spring lawn care. And this has kind of came around. Obviously we're in spring, so it's a great time to talk about it. But I have also, for those that aren't aware, I've been having a lady from The Express, you know, the newspaper, their online sort of side of things, get in touch with me for articles. So there's been questions going back and forth and and she puts some in a column on the Express website. And basically, this is what we're talking about. And I thought, you know what, there's it written down. She'll put her spin on it. I'll talk about it as well. So this is just my take on spring, on lawn care this, this time of year, what you should be doing, what you should do throughout April, that sort of thing. And for a lot of years, you might already know this information. It might, might be nice to hear it so you know that you're doing similar or you might go, oh, I don't do it that way. You know, that's pretty interesting that that's his take. Or you might be a homeowner and you just don't know where to go and, you know, these are your steps forward that you could follow. And, uh, you know, it's worked season in, season out for myself and for the clients that I run with. So, yeah, I'm going to pass it across to you. So different subheadings for today. So why spring is my first one. So why spring? Why do we do lawn care in spring? What's the... What's the main thing about this? And the first step is sort of the obvious one. We're coming out of winter where it's, you know, in the minuses, it's in the very sort of colder months. We're kind of pushing through and now we are starting to get temperatures, right? What's a main key here? What allows things like grass and, you know, different plants within our garden at this time of year to start growing. You'll notice if you've got bulbs in your garden, you'll notice this more than what you'll probably notice grass at the moment that your tulips are already starting to sprout out, where uh, the foliage is up on top, the alliums are out there as well, you know, crocuses, um, snowdrops, all of these have been out for a good three, four weeks now. And you just know that they are signs that stuff is changing in the soil, okay, the temperatures that are activating them bulbs, that's making them start grow again, okay, and produce the foliage. Then soon after the foliage, the flowers will come. So with this, it's very much the same as grass. Grass just doesn't die back, okay, at least not most of the grass types that we lose here over in the UK. So what will happen is it'll be slightly off-coloured, more likely than not, but it'll just sit there through all winter, and that's just the way it is. But what will happen around when temperatures start picking up again is that it'll start growing. And once it starts growing, it means that we can, with that active growth, start trying to improve our lawn again. So everything runs off temperatures. It's almost like the plant clock in the world, you know. It's not just... It's not just us waiting for a date on the calendar because I think it was first week of April, second week of April last year, up where I am. We all got two, three foot of snow. You know, so if we we're gonna go off that again this year, we'd be holding off renovations and putting seed down. But looking at the long term forecast, although the weather's gonna drop, we're not due any snow in the next couple of weeks. But hey, never say never, it could still happen. So just bear that in mind when you're doing this sort of thing is that you look at a long-term forecast before you put down any form of seed, really. Not that it'll, like, 100% kill it off or anything like that, but it just, it'll delay any results. It'll just be better if you you can ensure that you're within the all-clear um, for this sort of time of year. 
So it's not like it's got a sort of normal plant clock to it. It is all on temperatures. So it is just going to follow what's going on in the world. You probably would have noticed for those that are working in gardens that snowdrops normally come first, then crocuses follow slightly afterwards. Whereas this year, you know, in some gardens that I went to, snowdrops, crocuses and your daffodils were, were all coming up more or less the same time. So it's just been, it's been a very mild winter and you know it's kind of warmed up quite early on so that's all good things for us anyway especially if it stays this way so that's why we start in spring the spring is now allowing temperatures to rise a bit more and the way i see it is in spring it's there to lay down the foundations for the year ahead some people prefer to do the renovations and you know the aerations in winter uh, sorry not winter autumn that's absolutely fine if that's the way you run it the benefits between spring and autumn is in spring you always have that especially these next sort of three four weeks you've got that risk factor of you know another hard frost hitting you know some more snow falling whereas in autumn you know september october time you are and i try and keep it to the shorter end of september really if i do a renovation that time of year but if you, you're looking at the soil's been warmed up all year it's in a fantastic place you're probably going to get you quicker your quickest sort of uh, germinations throughout that year. And it's just a lot safer time to do it because you know the frosts aren't coming for probably another 8 to 12 weeks at least. So, I mean, again, never say never, but, you know, you know it's a bit more in the future. Spring, uh, I prefer, and that's just simply because if you do plan it right and you, you get that timing right, then it just sets you off on a good path throughout that whole year. You know, you don't need to sort of, wait through the winter period to get your lawn back you are doing any sort of renovation and that's it you know may june july august you, you can have this beautiful lawn that you can really have a solid foundation for that you know that you've cleared it out of thatch and moss and you know you've got a correct fertilizer treatment plan going down so that's why i choose spring but you know with the temperatures that's why it's important next one here is when should you treat your lawns and what with so this is going to be dependent on yourself, how you run things, how it is in your diary. But let's just say, you know, you've got all the time in the world and, you know, you're not either here or there on what you've been doing for years, then it splits down. So you, when it comes to treating your lawn with a fertilizer, you've got two main ways of doing it. Liquid, so, so via a knapsack, liquid feed, or you might have it in a watering can. You know, my granddad, that's how he's always done his ever since, you know, I was a little boy. So the best part of 20 years onwards, you know, he does his all. I think he's got about 100, 150 meters squared lawn. He does the whole thing with a watering can and he just does a bit at the time. And that's what works for him. So you've got liquid that will work through them applications. Or you've also got granular fertilizer. Uh, this seems to be a bit more the, the popular choice. People prefer to sort of spread out some granular rather than liquid i would say liquid's a bit safer because as long as you get the doses correctly it's very easy just to to weaken that dose and go over several different directions and making sure you get an even coverage whereas with granular if you spill a lump on one one area and you haven't noticed it it's going to burn the lawn there uh, you know you need to make sure that it is a nice spread and it's an even spread you know i've often talked about there's a client i've got and Last year, I scarified the lawn, you know, got it and put down a, a little bit of seed just out of complimentary, put down some fertilizer to help it kick back. And 
she then wanted to do the main fertilizers the rest of the year. All right, yeah, no worries, I'll let you crack on. Because it was cheaper. It's obviously cheaper her buying it from B&Q than what it is for me to use my stuff and come out for a visit. So that's fair enough. But she done it and she basically spread it with her hand. And as you imagine, she just sort of chucked chunks out of it, uh, threw chunks out. And I came back on my next visit two weeks later. The bits that she hit were bright green. And then there were all these patterns in between the whole lawn. And we're talking 260 meters squared here. That was just sort of starting to brown off. Well, not brown off. It was just a lesser color green. And by the end of the year, it ended up that the bit that never received any fertilizer at all, it started turning brown because it was, you know, it's fresh seed. It needs food. Um, and yeah, she had zebra stripes across the whole lawn. So it is really important that if you are going to use granular fertilizer, then it is spread evenly. And now for the pros out there, you know, you're not going to struggle with this. You've been doing it for plenty of years. So there's no need for me to talk you through it. But just if in doubt for those that are maybe just picking it up, put the setting down slightly. Don't follow exactly what's on the label. Lessen the setting. Always spread your first one uh, a lot lighter. See how much you've got left and go in either a couple of different directions. So that's your first point. Or you can just half the dose and do it twice over. You know, if you're very confident, do it in one run by all means. But even now, I prefer to half the dose on a client's lawn, my own lawn, and I'll do a couple of different passes just to ensure I've got a nice even spread and I've never had any problems at all. So when do we sort of wait for for this? Uh, really, you want it when your, it, your lawn is actively grown. So as a benchmark, I would say the last week of March, first two weeks of April is a really good time to get down a spring fertilizer and that is really just like i said that you know the temperatures are starting to pick up now you're hitting it almost at your earliest point it's just going to help kick that lawn back into growth sort of any browned off you know tips that have been sort of damaged for the winter anything like that you're going to start trying to grow them out this alongside one of my next tips what will be mowing frequency is just going to help cut that down and you'll get to your sort of lusher uh, green growth within you know a couple of weeks when everything starts kicking in just make sure when you're doing you know a lot of these granular applications that it does get watered in afterwards now the question of when can you go on the lawn always read the back of the pack anything that's like sort of chemical based you know don't hesitate make sure you just read the pack until you're used to it especially if it's a new product and that's just going to sort of bring you through to a confident level that uh, you're following the right instructions but what i do anyway is i tend to put down the fertilizer I normally always do a cut beforehand. I know some normally recommend that you have about two days, but I'll always cut the lawn, apply the fertilizer, water it in, not too heavy, but you know, on a 50 meter squared lawn, I'll, I, I'm there for maybe 15, 20 minutes, just making sure there's a nice even uh, even soaking through and it's just gonna help everything kick in and from that fertilizer to start a breakdown. And I'll do that and I kind of won't let pets back on the lawn for about either 24 hours to be safe or after it's been soaked in and then dried through. So, you know, depending on what the weather's like, you normally wait and, you know, if I was to put an outridge to it, I would say at least six hours afterwards. Uh, but 24 hours to be safe, if you've got the chance, like with a dog or something like that, where you can let them out in a different garden and pepper pot it that way. But what kind of then fertilizers do I use? So I would always recommend start of spring, especially when things are starting to actively grow again. A medium or high nitrogen fertilizer and that's just to kick it kick it in but what you don't want to do is put down a very high nitrogen fertilizer and it be fast release only often what you see from you know off the shelves in tesco or wherever else is and especially more on liquid is that it'll be a fertilizer that you put down 
but it's actually only going to last on the lawn for, you know, between two and four weeks. That is not a long-lasting fertilizer. You know, you want something that might have a kick out straight away and then slowly releases over the next sort of 90 days. And that's one of the reasons why I use Total Lawn. And then, I mean, there'll be many other products out there, so please look around if needs must. Uh, but these fertilizers, you want something that isn't just going to be put down there and worn off by May. You know, you want it still there sort of June, July time when you're ready to then do your summer feed. So that's kind of the position I take on feeding your lawns. It's just kind of what I've picked up over the last couple of years that I find that works for me. So if you can, always go with the sort of granular. If you're really happy and you really want to do um, liquid uh, applications, then do it. Just make sure that it is something that if it is a fast release and it runs out pretty quick, you might have to top up a bit more often. Now, you might be wanting to do as much lawn care as you physically can. It might be a passionate hobby of yours. That might be something you want to do. So I know that throughout the season for myself, I'll put down one of these main mainstream fertilizers and then I'll do little booster packages in the middle of. So I'll then spray something like iron and seaweed mix, like a health mix. In between them, you know, just to sort of tidy things along, it'll bring a bit more colour back through as this fertiliser starting to wear out. So that's how I try to sort of plan it through, but hopefully that helps somewhat. For the most important lawn care tips in April, right, so my first one is going to be scarification. So like I was saying to you, how people have different, different times that they like to invest in, whether it's spring or autumn, I always prefer to scarify, at least if I was only doing one a year, in spring. And this is because you've just came out of winter and a lot of these lawns, especially if you're hounded by a bit of shade, you're gonna, your lawn's going to stop producing a bit of moss. It's going to be growing up into the corners, down the sides, wherever the fence sort of meets, where it just stays sort of wet and a bit more boggier all year, you're going to get a bit more moss. So any moss thatch buildup, you're really taking the time to just clear that out start of the year. So I would look at something like scarifying first, that's just going to pull any of this out and get the lawn to a good base standard. Like I say, you're setting foundations in spring. So that would be the first thing I'd be doing. So you're reducing thatch. That's like the buildup above the soil. That's sort of going to be stopping. Or it's any organic breakdown, basically, that's sitting on top. And it's just going to stop water and nutrients getting into the soil. Next one from that is aeration. So actually, first one on that, scarification. When you do this, Depending on the size of, your, size of your lawn, depends on what you need. You know, you can pick up scarifiers very cheap. You know, I think Aldi did one at one point for, you know, next to no money, 30, 40 pound. And, you know, they work, they work the part. They're, they're brilliant. As long as you're not doing, you know, 300 meter square with it and you've got daisy chain and four extension cables to get across the lawn, you know, then I, th I think you'll be absolutely fine. But use something that's powered if you can. If not, then you've still got like your springtime rakes. The very first renovation I did on my lawn that really sort of transformed it, I did that with a leaf rake. Like, I was, you know, I didn't know that much about it. I just used a normal rake, and you know, it wasn't perfect, but it got enough of all the bad stuff out to be able to get to its next level. So, don't sit there and think, I don't have this machine. I'm seeing people use, you know, eight hundred pound scarifiers or two thousand pound aerators. So therefore, I can't make my lawn look like that. Look, it helps, but it's it's not what you need. You know, a garden fork for aerating and a springtime rake for scarifying, it just takes longer. You know, if you've got 100 meters squared, then split down into quarters and just work you through, you know, a quarter a day, really focusing on just getting it all out. 
if in doubt, you can also get a scarifying rake. What's like these rakes with a, a movable hook on the end almost. And you just simply push that forwards and backwards as you do with a rake, but you don't need to lift it off the ground and it'll just kind of claw out that thatch and the moss. And they work fantastic. Personally, I use one from Wolf Garden. Um, I haven't actually taken it out of its pack yet, but alongside with the handle and the interchangeable heads on it, that's the one that I went for this year. So I'm really looking forward to getting that down. And the, they don't cost a normal leg, but you've got to remember these things are going to last you for ages anyway. And any sort of Wolf Garden tool, I think they come with about 10-year warranty or lifetime warranties with them. So if you do end up feeling like you're going to end up breaking one, they're replaceable just through an email. So really don't worry about that. The aeration, okay, so things like using just a garden fork, putting holes in every sort of four to six inches across your lawn, right? This is kind of like a solid tine aeration. And that will reduce compaction as well. It's going to allow air back into sort of the root zone uh, of your soil. And it's going to just allow oxygen in. You know, it's going to allow water to pass back through and get in there. And, you know, some people are obsessed with this idea that if you use a solid tine like a fork, then you're creating more compaction. Look, putting holes into soil is aeration. Whatever way you do it, you know, technically, you'll walk across with them little foot spike things that you can get what well, i'm not a fan of that's still aerating okay you can get them little them roller wheels uh what's like a to go like on a broom handle and it's a drum at the bottom with all the spikes on it that is aeration hollow time like a swordman or like a Kamen la25 where it pulls out the plugs again that's aeration it's just hollow time so you might use them in different circumstances but if you do any form of aeration, it's better than no aeration. And I can promise you that much. So it's something to definitely look into. These two things in April, like I say, are fantastic. You're getting it started in the air. Something like the scarification. If you've got uh, if you've got the ability to change it through different height settings, what you will on most of them, then the scarification will... You'll see a benefit by using this throughout the whole year. You know, So if you use that every six to eight weeks on your own loan, it's not something I think a client would maybe pick up on, but little and often doing very light passes, it'll recover within about a week and it's taking a very small amount out each time. Now, if you're offering this out for a service, then this may only be once a year that you're actually getting this offered out. And that's probably mainly down to price because let's face it, if money wasn't an object, you'd do everything you could to have the best loan possible. But scarification, you can do it sort of a good several times a year throughout the growing season it's not going to harm it it would just have to be very light and uh, light and often quite frankly the next tip for april would be upping your cutting frequency so now obviously that things are starting to grow a little bit more and it's coming through and you're going to notice so for example i had done my video uh, using the cyclone sprayer what's a battery backpack sprayer that's on youtube and it was two days before that video where I, sorry, three days before that video, I did a cut on the lawn. I then wanted stripes in for when I was doing the video. So I thought, you know what, I'm probably not going to get anything. I'll just roll the lawn. So I cut at the same height again, and I got about a quarter of a catcher three days later. So it's even at the point that if, especially if you're using cylinder, uh, cylinder mowers, real mowers, to cut your lawns, you can probably start at, le at least cutting once a week now. Uh, but that would be going for rotary mowers as well. It's probably the time of year where, things are kicking in especially if you're sticking down a feed then by the time that feed kicks in you'll be cutting once a week i really push for this because you know 
if you leave it to once every two weeks, once every three weeks, everything you do on that foundation part of your spring lawn care, you're just it's just not helping it. Okay, you're going to be stressing out the plant because it's going to be getting this huge growth, and you're hacking it off by more than a third every single time, uh, just because of the growth rates. It does speed up really quick. So get your frequency down to about once a week. Enjoy it. Stick your music on and go for it. But that's probably one of the singular best things you'll be able to do this year is just making sure that you're cutting frequently enough. Um, with the cylinder mower, I could probably personally go for once every four or five days at the moment. And I'd say a good amount come off. So that's probably what I'll be looking at sort of now until the point of when I'm going to kill off the lawn and we'd go from there. But that's a different conversation for another time. The last one I have there is what we've touched on is fertilizer application. So that's scarify, aerate, up your cutting frequency and fertilize the lawn. So there are all those things that I would be looking to do between sort of now and going in before the end of April is to get them four main points nipped. And that's just going to put the lawn in a very good place to go through the year. And one thing I would say is any of the professionals that are listening, you might be like, yeah, I know this. Like, I'm not learning anything new here. Well, you might know it all. But do you also teach your client this? Because quite often the case, what I've had when I've been speaking to you know, other people in the trade, and some do, some really educate the clients, but some go, oh, I've never thought about telling them about that before. And I'm like, why? You know, you tell them the difference it'll make by scarifying and allowing air back into the soil and nutrients to be able to pass through more efficiently. You know, if the client doesn't know that, they might turn around your next time and go, look, that scarification package, you know, we're not bothered about paying the hundred pound this year for it for the hundred and fifty quid, two hundred quid, whatever it might be. Uh, we're not going to bother. And then sometimes you're like, then it hits you, and you go, oh, but like if you don't do it, you know your lawn's semi shaded. You're going to end up with all this moss. You're going to end up with all this thatch, and you're almost like telling them, hold on, before you make that decision, this is the outcome if you don't scarify, you know. So by educating your clients early on, they're already in this place of trust and understanding of why you offer certain treatment packages and certain processes because of how much benefit it does to the lawn and not so much the dangers but the effect of if you don't have that conversation you know so that's really one thing that I would just push out on you might know all this but if you're sitting there thinking I never discuss this with a client they just say can I have my lawn scarified and that's it you know talk about it when you're next there you know I always just sort of drop it in that I'll be speaking about, you know, nice to see you, whatever. I'm here to obviously scarify your lawn today, whatever it might be. And then if they say anything about it, oh, well, it's looking like this, then I jump in straight away. Oh, well, that might actually be because of this reason. And by doing this, it'll actually relieve that. And it just, it helps, right? So like I say, many is probably already all doing that and it's it's no nothing new. But if not, then, you know, it's a conversation you might want to have. So the last thing that I'm going to be talking about in regards to all this is when should you sow grass seed? So you can do this part of the April lawn care tips that I've just given you there. You can mix it in amongst all that. And once when you've scarified and aerated, if you've got sort of bare patches or if you think everything's looking quite quite old, quite it's been there a long time and you just want to maybe try a different grass seed and overseed it in there. Or if you want to kill the whole thing off and you know get new grass seed down, then, you know, you can do it in April. April is a brilliant time to do it. But one thing that you need to make sure of is that it isn't just a time on the calendar, right? First of April's hit, that's when I'm going to put down seed. First of April every time. Because like I said last year, 
this is how I thought of it. We hit this little sunny phase like what we've got in the UK right now. And I thought, fantastic, spring's here. And it was full spring, wasn't it? I'm a divvy. So I started chucking seed down on, you know, five, six renovations, whatever it was. And two weeks later, uh, a week later, when it was like sort of mid-growth, we then got hit with a couple of foot of snow. And it was partly my fault for not checking the long-range forecast. And secondly, I should have just held off and I should have just seen what it was going to be like. Because what that turned out is maybe, you know, four out of five of them loans, I then had to go and overseed. And I wasn't going to charge a client for that because, it, you know, in my eyes, it was my error booking them in for that slot. So however you work that is down to you, but four out of five still needed overseeded because they just hadn't came through very well. So that's something to be aware of. So don't just go off a date on the calendar, go off temperature. And not just temperature, air temperature, what you're looking at. You might walk outside and, you know, check your iPhone and go, oh, it's 15 degrees today, we're good to go. Buy a soil thermometer. They don't cost that much. And don't get me wrong, you probably get a really sort of accurate, expensive one for 100 quid or something. But I think I found one online for 15, 20 quid, and it gives me roughly within a couple of degrees, you know, what the soil temp is. And for most of the UK seeds we're going to be using, you're looking at somewhere between 8 and 12 degrees degrees for the loan to start germinating okay and for that you just want to ensure that you check it don't just put it in one place and go that's fantastic try it in several different locations and take like an average for the loan because there's another thing that sort of microclimates um, i'm sure you've probably heard within your garden as well where you know in regards to loans you could have let's say 100 square meters of loan right perfect square and one corner of that hits the sun all day, every day. The sun never leaves its sight. It's fully in the sun. That might You might stick the thermometer in there and it'll show up as 10 degrees. You'll go, fantastic, perfect, right? I'll put down seed. But then you might have another patch, let's say the other corner, and it's got, it's right next to a re reflective van or whatever it might be. Or, and it's basically... The sun, the heat is now intensified because it's got that reflection to it. Um, that could be showing 11, 12 degrees. Not that that would matter, but that would be a different sort of uh, temperature reading that you get there. You might have a bit that's in the shade in one of the other corners, and that's actually only reading 5 degrees because it's had no sun for the last however long. Um, so all these things are factors that you need to look into when you get to a lawn, when you look at your, your lawn, have a look at it. Try and see where the sun goes, if it's in the sun. And if you can take one of the readings and you're going to get something like these thermometers, then try a few different areas because they will give you different readings. I promise you that much. Right next to concrete, you're probably going to get a higher reading because concrete warms up and it passes the heat off into the grass. It's like an insulator. So you've got to be aware of what you're looking at and sort of when is the best time to do it. Now, that's if you're being picky. Don't get me wrong. The chances are, you know, in a week's time, if the weather keeps up as, as it is, you stick down some grass seed, it's going to start probably coming through in a couple of weeks, right? But I'm just saying, if you care a little bit more and you want to know some more outside factors, then these are just little things that you should be possibly thinking of and possibly working into your lawn care plan. Because I know last year, I tested my garden. I thought, perfect, temperatures are there. I tested another and I thought, right. So I started taking them in. I then got to another client that went to see, you know, when the sun was already going down and I'd done them a consultation then. What's a big mistake? 
But what it turns out is where the sun is and passes through in that area, their hole from Gordon is just in the shade. So their Gordon was about three, four degrees behind where mine was. And that's because mine gets sun most of the time. So you really do have to just be aware of it. And just because, you know, Steve, who you've been best mates with for 10 years, is, you know, overseeding his lawn and getting things going, it doesn't mean that you'll be able to if, you know, yours is fully shaded. So just be aware of them. It's just a few factors to sort of think of. And on that as well, when it comes to grass seed, getting that done, preparation, you know, it needs to be done properly. So if you follow all them tips in April, you'll be able to then put down grass seed and you're not going to have a problem. But it needs to be able to sort of hit con uh, touch contact with the soil underneath to be able to germinate through. Okay, I know that you can... You know, you spread your seed and then you'd find up more seed comes through on your gravel driveway than it will anywhere else. Um, yeah, trust me, I get that. But as a good rule, you want it touching the soil and you want good soil to seed contact for it to germinate very well and get your best possible sort of successful percentage. So to get that through, you need to sort of be thinking of them things and, and the wider sort of things like the microclimates in your garden and everything else and how you're putting the preparation down. So... Yeah, it's just, if in doubt, make sure there's no thatch and moss there. If it's aerated, then all the better. And then put down your seed when you know that it's going to be getting nice contact with the soil that's already there. And then if you want even better success percentage of it than coming through the germination rates, then I would then also advise that you top dress it as well. And then sort of either penguin walk the whole thing so that you're really pressing down on it or run the cylinder over without the without the uh, blades being engaged and that will just help compress it enough so that it then is able to germinate nicely and sort of nice and full. So they're my tips for sort of April time. I hope uh, that spring lawn care episode has been of some use to you. It's really interesting now. I've, we're in this point where we're about to go forward and we're about to kick off into spring and obviously everyone's already got a plan anyway of what they're doing but I just think it's always good hearing what someone else is doing. Um, and I'm just going to give a little tip out for, like, I'm very aware of new people starting this year just because of how many questions and people got in touch throughout the winter and everything else. So one thing, if any new starts are listening to this one and, you know, I just want to give a bit of advice, what I think might help, and that is these online groups like the UK Lawn Care Group, for example. If you're getting new in this industry and one thing that you're, you're worried about is sort of your confidence talking to customers, how you'd handle them, then... A really good way for you to get your confidence up is just sit on one of these UK lawn care groups, right? Something like that, and you'll see the amount of questions that come through. And often they are very similar questions that they just haven't checked anywhere else or had a look through the archives. So see it and see if you can answer these questions because the questions that people are asking on these groups are the same sort of questions that your customers are going to be asking when you go over for a consultation. And what it does is it just helps retrain your knowledge because it might already be in, it might already be there in your head. You might be the most clued up person on earth, but sometimes the way that you get that over to your client to someone that's asking the question is can be a bit more difficult when you're put on the spot. So if you do see something come through, then get on there and help someone out. Not only are you getting help by practicing answering these questions, but you're helping some other novice out that is completely beginning. You know, so. Yeah, that's just a little tip I wanted to give to anyone that's sort of starting this year and they want to improve that sort of client to a contractor relationship and being able to talk, you know, almost help the gift of the gab so you would. That may, that may be a better way for it. But 
thank you very much for joining me in this week's episode it is really appreciated i hope that you have a fantastic weekend i hope the sun is out just like it has been the last week because i am itching to get outside and actually get back on the lawn back in the gardens and getting work underway so anyway take care everyone have a fantastic weekend whether you're grafting sitting with family having a beer or just chilling out whatever it may be take care and we'll see you again next week goodbye